Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. So you get, you're out of the military, but you know, you're still kind of working on these things. Looking back, how do you kind of cope with the way that the military treated you in that sense? Because I know that I've had women on the show that have been spouses that have been abused by people in the military and the military, again, just shut their lips. They're not doing anything. But then, like you said, you had that, you know, your commander in Korea that was very progressive. And obviously, you know, my husband, Zach, he would never stand for it. So there's all of these good people in the military that have pushed these boundaries of like, this is not okay. But yet we're still in this time period where it's still okay, almost. So how are you kind of coping with that and treating that? Because I know that being a veteran is still something that's important to you. I'm told all the time, thank you for your service. And reality is it was an honor to serve. It, It really was. I am a very proud American. And for me, having traveled a lot in the military and a lot in business. I'm, I'm very proud of, of who we are and, and where I come from. I joined the military for discipline, for focus. I joined the military to find myself. There was zero patriotism for me when I joined it. What came out of it was a better appreciation for who I am and where I come from. I say all that to say, with every good, there's bad. And with every bad, there's good. And, you know, I tell my clients all the time, choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Every situation in life has multiple perspectives attached to it. And if we dwell over the bad, well, what do you think we're going to attract more of? Whereas if you allow yourself to dwell over the good, what do you think you're going to attract more of? You know, for every one of those situations and circumstances that happened, reality is I evolved to be the person I am today. I truly wholeheartedly believe that every aspect of my life, good and bad, created the person here today who shows up in a servant leadership heart that has an amazing multi-million dollar life. And I get to meet people where they're at to take them where they want to go. You know, for every one asshole (laughs) that's in the military, there are a hundred incredible human beings in there that would drop their life in a second to save someone else. And we're all going to meet those people in our life that challenge us. And the question we get to ask ourselves is, what about this person is really about me because reality is we're incapable of seeing anything in anybody that doesn't exist within us. Because if it didn't exist within us, we couldn't define it. So everybody that goes through life is just a mirror for us. And what is it that we get to see so that we can learn from it so that we can fix it? Good and bad, right? 
So these people in, in, in my life in the past from the military really helped me find the love for myself to push through it. They really helped me understand wholeheartedly how much I really wanted to live and not just exist because existing sucks. It's boring. There's no life there. there there's no thriving there. And sometimes it takes the worst of the worst to bring out the best of the best. And I wouldn't wish any of my past on anyone. And reality is I wouldn't wish for my past to be any different than what it was because it's given me the insight. It's given me the perspective to understand that no matter what happens, how you choose to respond to it creates your tomorrows. And I can only be appreciative for all the lessons that my past has presented for me. And I know that sounds so ethereal, so woo-woo, and it wasn't easy to get there. It was a lot of work to get there. And reality is, when anything that we project is really just an internal representation of our internal struggle. And, you know, science has proven that the average person has about 90,000 thoughts a day. And if we have over 90,000 thoughts a day and they're so consumed with the negative, if your energy goes where your focus flows, why would you want to focus on something so negative? Look for the good in everything and grow from it because that's where evolution and transformation comes from. And it's how somebody truly moves from surviving to thriving. I love it. I think that is a perfect kind of segue to talk about how you are, how you started to thrive, right? So you did the research on the NLP and, you know, did this, but you still had to take the step to implement that, right? You could learn everything there is about self-care and NLP and, you know, thriving, but it's taking that and actually implementing it. So how, what was that process like for you? What was the, what were those thoughts of like, okay, I have this information, what am I going to do with it? So you're right. Knowledge is far from power. Applied knowledge is power, right? And remember I had said earlier that diving into work became my new drug. I was a workaholic. Well, there was a lot of neurolinguistics programming, uh, which is really the science and study of human excellence, that is applied internally and there's a lot that can be applied externally. And I tell my clients all the time, in order for the external to ever work, you have to do the internal work. You have to. So to answer your question, my new addiction became success. My new addiction became being a workaholic. And I started learning how to take these tools and apply them externally. I hadn't done all of the internal work yet. I had shifted enough to be able to look myself in the mirror. And that was a lot. <laughs> and I realized that when it came to sales territories, mine always grew exponentially, like a hundred times more than anybody else's. I won every sales award in every company I'd ever been in. I was an athlete. I was competitive, right? So for me, it was people started asking me, how do you keep creating success the way you kept creating it? 
I was asked that in every job I'd ever had. I was asked that with every business I'd ever done, every direct sales opportunity. All the time I kept getting asked, how do you keep doing this? I never really thought about the answer. I just figured everyone knew this. The other thing was I was always told salespeople are born, they're not trained. Well, my dad was a salesperson, so that just made sense to me. You know, I got his DNA. Reality was it was after I was embezzled from when my ex-partner wiped me out. We had this multi-million dollar company. He left me with 16 cents in the bank, embezzled everything from me, and then turned around and sued me the next day. Just another form of abuse I had attracted, right? And it wasn't until that happened and I built, uh, I jumped into a direct sales opportunity and I started making twenty dollars and $30,000 a month within four to six weeks. It wasn't until people kept saying, how do you keep doing this? That I really stepped back and answered that question to myself. And it made me realize that I really did do more work internally than I ever really realized I did. And because of that, where I went, I followed. And people could connect to me because I became so transparent. I became so congruent and so authentic that my internal feeling was, I want to go through life living, enough of the existing. So I no longer wore a mask. I showed up with the reality, I'm here, like me or not. I'm okay because I like myself enough to really not get attached to how you feel about me. And now keep in mind, there's a fine line between delivering that energy arrogantly and delivering that energy confidently. I owned that energy confidently because I loved myself enough to know if someone projected a problem towards me, that was them, not me. That was something that was going on with them. So I was okay with it. Some people liked me, some people didn't. My philosophy was I pay my bills so I get to like myself. And then I started realizing that how I represented myself internally wasn't how most really did. And then I started realizing that this allowed me to have real conversations with people. And then I realized the more I shared my story, the more it helped people. And the more it made people realize that we all have stuff and it's how we choose to utilize that stuff that makes us or breaks us. And I chose a long time ago to make it instead of be broken by it. And hence the choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. I'm not saying my story's bad and I'm not saying my story's not bad. I'm just saying my story's me. And I'm not attached to it because I embrace every ounce of it because it's given me the drive, the tenacity, the stickability and the belief in myself. Because let's face it, if I can live through my father looking me dead in the eye saying, you're not even mine, then I can really live through anything. Because reality is, I look just like him. I am his. And when I hit my, my early 20s, when I came back from the Middle East and when I got out of the army, I reached out to my dad and I had told him I really needed a father figure in my life. And he told me he wasn't interested. And that really made it okay because I was okay with myself. And that's really where it starts, personally and professionally. Wow. So when you went through all of the, the VA stuff and you know they did the exposure therapy, how did you switch that flip to be okay to tell your story, right? Because 
as you tell your story, you are truly reliving it over and over again. But now, you know, there's something attached to it, right? And maybe I just answered my own question is like, there's something you're giving back to somebody else. You're there's some, it's not just reliving it to relive it, right? It's, so like, am I on the right track there? Is that kind of how you're able to share your story, even though it was so hard for you to share your story earlier in your life? So keep in mind, I am a master trainer of neurolinguistics programming. I do a lot of unconscious work on myself on a daily basis. And I also know that if you're part of the problem, you can't be part of the solution. So I surround myself. I, I have seven coaches. I, I surround myself with people who push me to be the best version of myself daily. I say all of that to say there is a hypnotic state called trainer state. So I can put myself in trainer state, which separates my head from my heart. However, when I am telling my story, I have to make sure that both are attached to each other because I'm showing up in a heart-centered servant leadership. And I make it all about them because reality is my past is full of so many gifts. And even though today we're talking about the bad stuff, there was still good stuff. You know, we went to Bush Gardens, Virginia. We, we, we did all the trips as a family. You know, we, we had great summer vacations and pool time. And yeah, there were dark spots, but dark spots exist everywhere. And just like I can understand how the bad created my good today, I also understand that the good created my good. And any, anything that would have changed in my path would have changed the trajectory of where I went. So I'm very grateful for everything. Because let's face it, being successful, it's not for everyone. And it's not easy. And I trained for it my whole life. <laughs> so when I do deliver my story, it's because I know I show up for that one person, however that is, no matter how big or small the audience is, I show up for that one person who needs to hear a message today, whoever that is. And I just deliver from my heart because somebody was there for me when the lights were going out quick. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the dark spots, dark spots don't happen unless there's light. Yeah. So, you know, that that's definitely something that I think is very powerful. Uh, I want to talk about now what you're doing to help other people and obviously sharing your story is a huge impact on people and will help a lot of people. But what are you other than that, you know, your business and your coaching business and all of that, how are you now taking everything that you learned and have applied to yourself to help other people apply it to their themselves? So I focus on my drug right? My drug is success. My, 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 my drug is I'm a workaholic. And, and it's because I show up so much in service, I don't ever feel like I'm working a day in my life. For me, my company's name is Pivot Point Advantage, because I know that anything in life requires a pivot point. And it's funny, because the word of 2020 was pivot. Well, my company's been around for 12, 13 years. I knew all along that that we need a pivot. And in, in order to be able to pivot, you have to have a very stable point to put your foot. Whole basketball analogy, right? In order to get an advantage over your competition, hence my company name Pivot Point Advantage. We focus on success mastery. 
you know, the average person needs four to $600 a month more than what they're earning. And that was pre-pandemic. The, the, the pandemic, I'm sure, has impacted people financially to the point where that four to $600 average has probably increased. And for me, I don't define success from the almighty dollar. Let's just face it. It makes life a little easier and it makes life a lot more fun. It's just not how I define it. I define success from harmonizing in every area of life. And that is spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. So our health, our career, our finances, our relationships, our, our friends, our family, our environment, our, uh, I think I said spirituality and health. All of them, all of them to me, when you're firing in all cylinders simultaneously, to me, that's success. So it's finding harmony in every area of life. So our company focuses on success and we deliver it a multitude of ways. The predominant way is through NLP training. We train people who want to pursue success in their life and we teach them NLP so that they can apply to self and then apply externally. My coaching, I am a success strategist. I help people get out of their way so that they can get on their way and have their way. You know, I jokingly say I make millionaires because that's my passion. My company mission is to transform the world. And we're going to do that by impacting impact makers, by changing and touching one life at a time and creating the ripple effect. So that's kind of how we do it. We teach people how to master self and how to master communication so that you can be a solution provider instead of a salesperson. That way you never have to sell without selling. I love it. And I think I know the answer to this question, but I do want, you know, the audience to hear this. What is it that makes you want to do this for other people, right? You could have learned all of this other stuff, uh, you know, learned all of this stuff and helped yourself and, and, you know, like been, all right, I'm in a good spot. I can make millions in sales because I'm a good salesperson. I can go do this, but you didn't stop there, right? Then you took that and you are helping everybody that you come in contact with, you know, be a better version of themselves. What was that, you know, like, where is that thought process of, I, I need to do something else with this. It's not just helping myself and, and, you know, going this way where you could have just been, you know, you could be a successful person over here, not helping everybody, but you chose to be a successful person over here, helping everybody. Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. And it's a multi-layered answer. How's that? So, you know, when, when I joined the military, I flipped from me to we. You know, I went into the Army for the GI Bill. I went into the Army to grow up and get mature and get focus. I came out with a very patriotic heart, with a very servant mentality. I came out understanding that the only way to survive is to understand you can't do it alone. You know, it, it takes that team effort. Then when I did realize that success was really easy with the right focus, I realized that there's a lot of people out there hurting. There's a lot of people out there surviving you know, just going through life, going through the motions, existing. And then I realized that there were people there to help me, that gave me the hand up and I wanted to pay it forward, so to speak, which 
Then I had my daughter and I realized that in the whole scheme of things, when it comes to life, we're so small. We're big, but we're small. And I saw the direction the world was going and I wanted her to have a different world. And you can either be part of the problem or part of the solution. And I chose to be part of the solution. And then I started getting involved with community things. And one of the things that I shared with Zach that I had gotten involved with was uh, I had started printing for nonprofits at a pro bono. And one of the nonprofits was a, was a backpack for kids uh, nonprofit. And, you know, they rallied. We did all the printing for them. And they rallied and got, I think it was like a thousand backpacks and went to a school, one of the more affluent areas. The thousand backpacks were gone in a half hour and they had to turn away 10,000 kids in an affluent area. And, you know, we're talking about our future in their most impressionable developmental years. These backpacks had all their necessary school supplies in them. And there were thousands and thousands of kids out there not having the supplies they needed just to get through their basic learning. And knowing what I know about human development, that's their most impressionable years. That's their imprinting years. That's their modeling years. What impression is that making? And then I realized that's our future. So my mission then became to create a corporation that was so successful I could attach a foundation on it so that no kid would ever, ever have to go through school again without their appropriate necessary tools. Because that imprint could affect their self-worth, their self-worth, their self-belief, their independence. I could go on and on. So yes, eventually my company will open up a foundation called Backpacks for Success. And we'll have a pay it forward process attached to it. There will be a book in there that talks about pay it forward that's age appropriate, where they have to go out and pay forward their gift, take out someone's trash, mow their lawn, help the senior across the street, whatever. And then I want them to write a one-page essay, and I want to wallpaper my entire office, warehouse, whatever it is at that time, with all those essays. When I say I want to make a global impact and I want to transform the world, I do. And I want to be a big part of it. And this isn't for me. This is for my kids, their kids, future generations to come. Selfish, yes. It's kind of it. Wow. That's amazing. I'm over here just beaming because that's just like a, such a cool thing that, again, is those pivotal moments in your life that you don't even realize that have made like the biggest impact on your life and what you want to do. You know, it you could have chosen any nonprofit to help with at any point, right? But it was that one with, you know, the, the backpacks and, and doing that. And you could have not shown up on distribution day or not cared to know the numbers of distribution day, but you did. And then that, you know, sparked something in you to like, do all of this stuff. So it's just, again, all of those moments in your life that could have or could have not happened. And, and again, your trajectory of life would be completely different. Wow. Well, I am just incredibly thankful for you to come on and share your story. I do want to ask if there is anything else that we have not touched on that you think is 
extremely important for our audience to either know about yourself, your journey, or just about life in general? You know, for me, it's just understanding that you can either let life happen to you or you can make life happen for you. And no matter what our yesterdays are, every decision we make today creates our tomorrow. Make different decisions and have a different tomorrow. I love that. I, you know, I'm incredibly thankful that you came on and shared your story. I have a couple questions that we do. It's our lightning round, and I'd like to ask those now. So the first question is, what are you doing now and what are your goals for the next year? Wow. So I am training. I'm going to say, I'm just going to call it right now. They're going to be live trainings this year. (laughs) So, you know, we have definitely pivoted and postured ourselves to accommodate the, the needs virtually. My passion is the live trainings. So what am I doing today? I'm still training. I'm still speaking. I still own multiple businesses. I still coach. You know, my company also has five coaches that, that, that work for me. So we help people in every area of their life. I'm having a blast with my podcast and uh, my podcast is called Sell Without Selling. And it's, you know, the whole mindset behind sales and success. And it's really nothing to do with sales and everything to do with it. And I just recently hired my my newest coach and I hired Jay Abrahams. And, you know, there's not a large presence of females in that arena. You know, we we have Brene Brown, but then when you look at every guru that is serving you know, they're, it's very male dominated. So Jay Abrahams was Tony Robbins coach. And I've decided if I want to play, I've got to play a bigger game. So I've really elevated my focus and my goals this year are to make a global impact. I've got goals from uh, a revenue perspective and also from an impact perspective. So yeah. Awesome. The next question is, what would the new you say to the old you? (laughs) Oh, wow. It gets better because you're going to let it get better. I love that. Short, but impactful. (laughs) Love it. And then what is a piece of advice or something that you recommend to somebody that is going through a tough time? It can be meditation or anything. Reality is... You're the common denominator in everything in life. And the second you choose for life to be different, it will. Change doesn't happen at a conscious level. Change happens at an unconscious level. And the brain that created today is incapable of creating a different tomorrow. So if you want your tomorrows to be different, do different things today. Start investing in yourself, no matter how little or how big. Movement is movement. Focus on what you want as opposed to what it is you don't want. Because our brain's incapable of processing a negative. So when we focus on what it is we don't want, our energy goes where our focus flows. Love it. And then what is a podcast, ebook, book, anything that you recommend for somebody that is stuck and needs to and wants to move forward in their life? So, you know, I am an avid reader. I probably read four books a month. I probably listen to three or four books a month. It really depends on what their focus is. If they're business focused, I always say start with E-Myth, right? Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within is a phenomenal book. It's also, what, 1,500 pages. 
podcast. I'm going to tout mine. Listen to Sell Without Selling because there's, I've got an immense amount of mindset, an immense amount of motivation, an immense amount of understanding of your imprinting and your modeling and your socialization. Just listen and align with who resonates with you. You know, there are million experts out there. There are millions of podcasts and books out there. Focus on something that will move you out of your current situation and dwell over it in the good. Love it. And then finally, where can our listeners find you and learn more about you? Oh, well, thanks. So my my website is pivotpointadvantage.com. Yes, I know it's really long. It's pivotpointadvantage.com. My podcast is Sell Without Selling. It's on everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to connect with me on social media, on Facebook, you can join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction there. On Instagram, you can follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Awesome. Stacy. thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your very inspirational story. I have had an incredible time speaking with you. Oh, Heather, it's been my pleasure. Thanks so much. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O-thriving-A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.